right, is this thing on? I think it is. Hey everybody, my name is Derek and I am the owner, creator, and head silicone slinger here at Amavidi where we make silicone toys for adults. And tonight, oops, I hit the wrong button. That was supposed to be that one. <laughs> you got a teaser. Uh, yeah, so you might have noticed we've got a guest on tonight. We're, we've got uh, Venus. Uh, you, I've thrown myself for a loop here. I, I hit the wrong button and things go weird. So, uh, yeah. All right, uh, we've got Venus um, from Wormhole Emporium, and uh, they are a designer uh, making all kinds of really awesome dildo designs. So, uh, before we get there, though, um, I want to mention a couple of things. Uh, number one, we do have a Patreon. You can find that at patreon.com slash Amabiti. George will throw a link into the chat. You can figure out how to do that. Um, you're more than welcome to support us in any way you like, or you can just hang out. Either way, it all works. Uh, second off, next week we have um, Fergus Monster coming. And the only reason I'm mentioning that right now is because i got to remind everybody that uh, that one's going to be at a different time. We're going to be doing that, I think it's at 3 o'clock Central Time. Um, Fergus is not in the United States, so there is a time zone difference there that's going to push us into a little bit different slot during the day. Um, what else is coming up? Uh, then we've got more folks coming up, but uh, I'll make sure I mention them as we go along. Um, We've got George in the chat. Uh, she's manning the keyboards and she will be collecting all of your questions as we go along. Sometimes we'll work those in as we go, but uh, we'll make sure that we get all the questions answered as best we can. Now then, um, what else? Uh, oh, couple of disclaimers. Number one, if we mention anything, any products or any services or anything like that, uh, any other companies, we're not sponsored. Um, so it's our own personal experience and our own personal opinions. All right. Well, with that, I want to bring Venus on. Let's see if I can figure out how to do this right. Venus, how you doing? Hey. Good. Let's, let's, <laughs> I spoiled it all. Everything. I was supposed there was supposed to be this law this build up, and then everybody get to see you, and then I managed to click the wrong thing and, <laughs> and mess it all my up. Cool shirt and my mask. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> uh, all right. So you did okay today? Yes. Awesome. Okay. Um, I appreciate you taking the time to uh, come on the, the show with me and uh, kind of give folks a, a little bit of a view behind the scenes because a lot of uh, the makers in our community do make their own designs, but there's also another group that, that makes designs for other shops. And I think you've got a really interesting perspective that you can offer and, and give folks kind of a, a different perspective on, you know, the, the community as a whole, but also how those designs come around. So um, with that, why don't you take just a bit of time and give people a little bit of a background on you and, and what you'd like people to know? Yeah. Um, so I'm Eunice I'm and I basically... Kind of the middleman between like a design being made and a design being produced so i 3d model some you know little designs and i'll put them on my website and shops shops are essentially my clients um, they're the one coming to me and they're adding my designs to their repertoire of 
models um, that you know they will eventually pour into silicone and et cetera and things like that. Um, I I've been drawing pretty much my whole life. I mainly do 2D art. That's what I have the most experience in. But I've been dabbling in 3D art lately, and now it's kind of like <laughs> you say dabbling, like you like you're just kind well, of. Feeling around the edges a little bit, but it, it looks like you've got a lot more skill than somebody who's just dabbling at it. I guess I mean, in in like how do I say, in comparison with how long I've been doing two dimensional art. Okay. So, but okay. I I still like doing it. Right. So. Well, I just want to make sure you didn't like sell yourself short there because I think there's oh, a no. lot more skill that uh, that you've got than might have come across when you say you just dabble in it. So, <laughs> um, so give us a little bit of an idea of how long have you been in this particular niche? Um, I say not too long after I discovered fantasy indie toys. So perhaps a year and a half or so ago, or maybe two years, something around that time frame, um, I was actually invited to one of the maker servers. And Oz from Oz Sculpts was posting their sculpts there. And I was like, well, wow, that's so cool and awesome. Um, maybe I'll throw my hand at it. I got Sculptress, which is a free um, program by ZBrush. And I think Oz mentioned that they were doing, they were like selling models to shops. And I was like, what? You can just do that. You can do that. Like, I, I mean, this is something that I have never heard about people doing. Um, I was under the impression that, like, people who run the shops, they design the stuff. They, right. you know, they're they're doing all of the operations, basically. Um, so I was under that impression. It was like, huh, that's a really interesting, like, what are the chances, right? What are the shots that a shop would just pick someone else's model up? I mean, I have known that that um, Paladin Pleasure Slope's um, Jupiter was picked up by somebody else, like designed by somebody else. So I was like, okay, maybe there's <laughs> maybe there's a chance here. Yeah. Well, um, you mentioned Paladin, and we've got Linda in the chat. And yes, uh, I see. The comment is the talent and skill is insane. So Thank yeah, you. you've got a fan there. And Tipsy Teal Otter says some awesome designs. So yeah. Um, I, I interrupted. I apologize. I, I, you mentioned oh, no. Paladin, and I wanted to make sure that that we uh, didn't overlook that uh, the fact that you've got some some fans here. I think later down the line, um, when I was getting more involved with um, like community stuff, I was talking to Frost. Shout out to Frost. Which is funny because I was talking to them, and and he goes, you know, I was actually the one who gave Frost the idea to some models of shop. So it's kind of this funny little chain reaction. Um, right. I didn't meet him until later. But the first uh-huh. sculpt that I put out was um, Molesca. That was the very first one. I have it. This guy. This guy who now belongs to Chilla Fantasy. Right. And, there we go. <laughs> this is the one. So it's like I post this on Twitter and I did get messaged by Chill Fantasy, but I also got emailed by Shop Dad from Pleasure Forge. Yeah. And I think yeah. uh, at that moment, I think I kind of lost it. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> what? Because uh-huh. I, I got an email from Shop Dad saying, hey, you know, I really like this design. 
would is there any chance that we would be able to pick it up? And that was like totally unheard of for me. I was like, what? Pleasure Forge? You serious? That's crazy. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and while we're talking here, um, I will be throwing stuff up on the screen. Um, hopefully I can manage to, you know, as we reference something, get it up onto the screen so people can see what we're talking about here. But uh, I will do my best. Um, it's so weird seeing. I'm sorry. I was going to say that's the, the mollusca. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's so weird to me seeing this. Um, one of the very first ones that they made and comparing it to some of the later ones down the line. And it's like, wow, I made a lot of progress in the first couple of years. But um, I got back to shop that after it was sold to Chilla Fantasy. And I was like, well, I have a couple of other sculpts on, on my website if you want to check it out. And I guess he took a look and was like, wow, let's buy a whole bunch of them. It's like, what? <laughs> that blew my mind for real. Right. Um, yeah. So uh, the three that initially got that Pledge Forge got Hydrochroma, Bomelia, and Halicor. These guys right here. Okay. So these are these are those guys. Um, and I I I really do think I I, I don't know I owe Pleasure Forge a lot because it was publicity, but just for for. Well, it sounds like you found a, a really good match in that, number one, Pleasure Forge folks are awesome. Kristen and ShopDad are both awesome folks. But it also Amazing. sounds like there was a match between your style and theirs. And that was just almost like a, a, a match made in heaven. <laughs> well, I know, I know that they did. I mean, their catalog was mainly Dungeons and Dragons stuff. I mean, stuff that is is... I mean, I guess canonical maybe to the handbook and the lore and et cetera. So these kind of pre-established characters, monsters. Um, and I, I wasn't completely sure whether my school would fit in because they're not, I mean, explicitly inspired by Dungeons and Dragons. But I guess, you know, they expand to sort of fantasy um, um, in general. So, yeah, yeah, I, I suppose it worked out like that. <laughs> Well, um, before we go too far down that path of working with other shops, give me an idea of why you got into this. What was it that that drew you in and and didn't let you go? I don't know. Um, That's a difficult question to answer. If I'm going to be completely honest, I think at the very beginning, um, because a a lot of, of my website and terms and process it's kind of lifted from boss scopes. When I saw their website, I was like, wow, this is so professional. It's just so like put together. Um, I borrowed their like price range system, but I also did borrow the, um, please give me a silicone copy of my design. And okay. I think a year ago when I was starting, I was like, I can, I can get my own design as a real thing. <laughs> Right? That was my starting initial um, reaction to this kind of thing. And over time, it's just grown to, um, I enjoy seeing what people like. I like seeing the other shops' designs and what makes them unique. And I I think currently what motivates me is just putting out my own, I guess, like artistic vision out there. And because I don't have the means to... um, like produce anything. I, I'm not a shop. I can't, I don't have those materials or the knowledge. 
So the very least, if I do want to share um, my designs out to the world, that's the way to do it. Now, is that something that you want to do? Is that, do you want to get into the production side of it as well? I've thought about it. Um, I'm not entirely sure if it's for me exactly. Um, I've been trying to learn as much about the process as possible because one, I think it helps influence me make better designs Mm. because knowing about the process allows me to say, okay, these are the constraints. Um, These are what I can and can't do with a model. This is what would make it easier for a shop before, et cetera. Right. Um, Where was I going with this? I was talking about... Um, We were talking about getting into the production side. Yes. Oh, yes. Um, So, and and ShopDad has been awesome at providing resources and Mm -hmm. talking to people about how much of the process is. And potentially down the line, if I really wanted to, I could find, um, like, somebody who would want to work or collaborate with me Mm -hmm. uh, with Shop. I mean, that would... It's way later than the line. I'm not in a position yeah, that would be, to. That would be interesting, you know, almost like um, maybe like a franchise uh, in the sense that, you know, you, you do the designs, you come up with um, the, uh, the product, and then they produce it. And then there's a. Usually franchises have some kind of a uh, payment back to the franchisee. Um, so. I suppose it would be like working, like, I know Nick's from Monster Smash works for Monster Smash. So it could be something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I was thinking more along the lines of like Fantasy Grove, Tibbs does the design work and the pouring and uh, Alex does the technical side of stuff. So I was, you know, thinking, you know, if I had somebody like that <laughs> to work right. with me on this kind of thing, that could be really cool. Um, I know I, I know that there's a lot of new shops um, popping up mm-hmm. and... I guess I'm not going to say the market is oversaturated, but it's. It, I've noticed that it's really difficult for new shops to become established. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if I'd be able to rely on doing shop stuff as like a reliable source of income. But I, if I did potentially hypothetically have a shop, I do have ideas for it. I do have models that I sculpted specifically for mm-hmm. like, oh, if I were to open a shop, here's my... Here's what I would save for. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, now there's uh, actually, you know, there's no reason not to put it out there. If if there's anybody that wants to work with you, then they should probably get in touch with you. I, I assume they can get through you, get to you through Twitter. Yes. Okay. Um, so, all right. Now let's get into the meat and potatoes a little bit because I wanted to you mention <laughs> sculptress. Um, yes. which I have played with as well, but it's no longer supported, is it? No, I don't think so. I think ZBrush took it down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's Sculptress and, and so the program I work with is ZBrush. Yeah. There's ZBrush. So I went from Sculptress to ZBrush Mini, which is their free version of ZBrush with some limited features. I don't remember if I could export from a 3D to like an STL or OBJ or, or whoever. Um, but I think that's why I switched to uh, ZBrush Core, which is like not completely quote unquote yeah. full ZBrush, but it still has the features and I pay for it. And it's like, it has, I'm thankful that dong sculpting doesn't require too much um, technical, like 
I don't have to rig anything. I mean, I can, but I don't have to like do anything too complex because it's one shape. So right. it, and it's a static shape. Yes. So I don't need too much fancy as long as I have, you know, drawing and uh, like curves and et cetera on, on ZBrush, then it's good. And it's a pretty powerful um, software. Yeah. Um, I love ZBrush. Um, the the core version of it has virtually everything that you would need um and it's well i think it's like 300 bucks or something like that the i bought it back then um when it was still a uh, pay uh, what do you call it? a lifetime license or a perpetual license so yes. they've since gone to a um a monthly fee but I know uh, when I bought it, there was a monthly fee and I was actually mm -hmm. using monthly fee for a little bit just to try it out to see if this is something I really wanted to get into. And then it's like, I think they had the perpetual license, but that was like a year ago. So I don't know if it's still, if they still yeah. offer it, offer it or something like that. So, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, then there's the, the full version of ZBrush, which is like 800 or a thousand dollars, something like oh, that. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it has everything, but it, it also has everything you don't need. So yes, the um, only problem with um, sometimes working with ZBrush is I have a problem and I will look up, Hey, you know, I have this problem with ZBrush on Google and they will say, Oh, you can just do X, Y, Z. And said feature is on the full ZBrush. And I'm like, well, I don't have that. I don't know how to do that. I still haven't figured out how to Boolean. Like <laughs> that's fine. It's, I don't need it. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, using ZBrush, um, have you played with Blender at all? Um, I have Blender. I have it, and I maybe used it once and backed out on it early on, mainly because I think I didn't really know. From what I remember, it's not super user-friendly or intuitive, I guess. So yeah. I've used it before to rig something, and that was already like a nightmare. So I was <laughs> like, oh, I don't know if I want to touch Blender, but... Um, but there, I mean, it is free and it's like a great resource. I probably, I'll probably play with it eventually. <laughs> yeah. Um, just to, just to see if there's any features that it has that ZBrush doesn't. Um, my experience with, uh, Blender is a love hate. Um, I love that it's, <laughs> it's inexpensive, it's affordable and it's accessible, but it doesn't work with the way that my brain works. Mm. And so it, it just, it's not a good fit for me. I see. Um, now I am curious, um, and I hope we don't get too technical here, but yeah. when you're working on a design and you're thinking mm. about the, how it's going to be produced, how do you keep from creating problems in the production process where having overhangs or, uh, backward hooks where air can get trapped, things like that. How do you keep from creating those problems? Um, I think it's mainly just by, I mean, one from the actual design process itself, where I start with a spear and just stretch it. And it's like, um, it's not particularly, I mean, there's some things that I know where it's like, don't have too much of an angle over or don't have little hooks going downwards. Um, Cause I, I see, or too many small um, protruding details. And I, I kind of keep those in mind in general. I know I could probably, if I really wanted to, I could export the model into like Chitubach or something and run it through a 3D scanner 
Um, I've never done that. But well, that I, was actually a suggestion that Shop Dad had at one point. Um, that's, that's I picked it up from Shop Dad specifically yeah. on our emails on the very first sort of models um, when I sold them to, to Pleasure Forge. She he was like, yeah. By the way, here's some feedback. Um, he mm. gave me like a little infographic full of stuff, and I was like, oh, this is great. Actually, this is awesome. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> and I think it's. I don't think I've ever had to check mainly because I just kind of, I keep a catalog of what other people do, especially shops and, and what people have had trouble with. And I kind of take those and go, okay, well, if there is something with a knot that's wider than the stem or whatever, that's going to be a tricky. So I have to make the stem a little wider, but also make it usable. Um, so it's, it's mainly just, like as I'm sculpting, I'm making these um, decisions. And so far I haven't run into any issues. Usually when I send the sculpt to a shop, I'll be like, hey, let me know if you have any issues because it's like, I don't have a 3D printer. I don't know what settings to put it on. So I don't know exactly what to uh, do with G2 box. So uh, it hasn't been a problem with me yet. So like, <laughs> you gotta yeah. trust me on this one. <laughs> Well, I, that's awesome that they will actually um, come back to you and, and you guys can work out any of those issues. Yeah, and I, I'm very I'm happy to make any adjustments if it's minor. Mm -hmm. Usually I say, you know, if you have any problems or issues, like I think when I was working with Uberime, Uberime, something like that. Um, when you're working with what? Uberime. Uh, Uberime. The company, okay. Uberime, yeah. yes. I've, I've sold a few models to them and... Um, when I was sending him, he was like, yeah, do you think you can make the face a little longer or, you know, just adjust these small little things? I was like, yeah, no problem. It's something I can totally do. And it's, if it's, if it's there to make the process easier, I'm glad to do it. Just as long as it's not any major overhauls, because it's like, well, these are pre-made designs. I made them. If you want to make any major changes, just like finishing or something. Ah, um, I'm curious. Okay. Um, Oh geez! Again, I I don't want to go too off of the rails here, but my I, yes, I'm curious. Like, how how much control do you retain over that design once it's been sold? So yeah, this is something I've thought about. Um, so it, usually, when I sell a design to a shop, it it goes to that shop. They own it. They can make it. They can produce it, etc. I can still. I mean. I tell them, as long as you credit me, please credit me, you can't just, you know, take the design and run off with it or resell it. Shops can't resell it. Shops can't, um, like, I guess, I mean, I, I don't own the design in the sense that I can produce it, but I own it in the sense that I made it and I should be credited as such. Um, I do have something written in my terms of service where it's like, if, if, um, What's it called? Like if a shop decides to ditch the design or if they decide to close up, um, I tell them, please get back to me about it. Um, usually, I haven't had it happen yet, but um, the, the protocol for now is like, let me know, give me back the design. Um, I am inclined to say, to put it back up on my store to be like, hey, you know, it's back on sale. Um, unless a shop really, really doesn't want to do that, which 
I don't have any sort of backup plan for that. If the shop, <laughs> the, if the shop decides to close up and they don't want any other shops um, taking their bottles, then I'll be like, well, it, it's gone. But at right. the very least with, with this community, um, there's a good um, like foundation for other shops going. It, it's very collaborative. So it's like if a shop decides to go down, a lot of the times I see them go, oh, let's um, sell our remaining models to other shops so the models can live on, et cetera. So, right. Um, and if somebody wanted to, I just see this question pop up because it was my follow-up question. Uh, Amber is asking, have you ever run into shops uh, buying your design and wanting to, or asking to change elements? Which was kind of my follow-up question was that if somebody bought a design and they wanted to change it in some way, is that something that is allowed? It, it really depends. Um, if they want to adjust, make very slight adjustments to make it more manageable, like like if I had a large knot and they wanted to decrease the size of it, I'd be like, yeah, that's no problem. Um, if it's like size adjustments or like, so I was working with Fancy Grove and with, with uh, Kitia here, and they were worried about the hole here because, well, I don't know how to, I mean, I haven't produced it, so I don't know how large it would be. Um, in real life, they're the ones who are scaling it. Um, and ideally, it's like you use the shaft and the little mini penetrable um, at the same time. So I was like, well, it, it should be functional, um, stylistic and functional. Because if it wasn't functional, then it kind of defeats the whole point of that sort of gimmick of having both. And I was like, well, Tib, if you want to adjust the size of it to make it work and make a test print or et cetera, you are completely free to do that because you're the one making the product and it should be as smooth as possible. Okay. Gotcha. So if it's a minor change, then the, the shop has the, the freedom to make some of those small adjustments. But if they want to make a larger change, then they need to come back to you and, yes. and work that out. Okay. But it also sounds like um, before it even gets to the point of um, somebody wanting to make changes, you're more than willing to make changes before it even changes hands. What do you mean? Um, well, and since the, if somebody buys it um, and they say, I want to, well, let's look at this guy here real quick. Um, this is, I think, yeah, this is one of your available designs. And they looked at this and they said, um, you know, we want to change something about this, maybe add some wings to it. Just mm -hmm. random idea. That's something that you would work with them on? Yes. Uh, I Something like that is like a major element like add-on. So I would say, you know, I would charge you extra for this because I would have to you know, erase some things, add some things. It's a complicated, a more complicated process. So um, I think when I was working with Made to Wear for Powell's Call, um, they had a version initially, so they had me sculpt a hand and they had me sculpt a werewolf call. Um, but they also wanted, they were saying, you know, the glove might take a little bit of work. We should make an insertable version of Powell's Paul. And I was like, sure, no problem. And they hit me up and they were like, um, would you be able to make these adjustments to make it more friendly for insertable? I was like, yeah, that's no problem. And I did charge them for it because it is a major sort okay. of adjustment. So, gotcha. Yep. Uh, and what I've got up here on the screen right now is uh, this is one of your available designs. Yes. Um, and I'm just kind of scrolling through here a little bit. 
and looks like you do some renderings. Uh, yeah, ZBrush makes it really easy um, because they kind of come with quote unquote like materials that you can, and they have a paint tool that you just paint right directly on. Um, so they have a few, I think my, my favorite render style is this like, if you scroll back up, um, it's like this, it kind of gives it lines almost. Um, and the colors really pop with this render. And I, I just really like how it looks for display. So I, I always make a display render just to make it look pretty, it look nice. Um, and then I have the, you know, just black and white one mm-hmm. with a render that, that best show up, shows off the textures and any sort of like nooks and crannies and whatever. And actually it was Geiger from the Wicked Hunt that suggested doing mock-ups of mm-hmm. ores. So these are like, some of the newer models have four mock-ups and just some examples or styles that would look good. And Geiger was like, well, it would make it more appealing to shops if they know what they could do with this thing. So Yeah. Um, now, before we go on, uh, I want to remind everybody that uh, we've got Venus from uh, Wormhole Emporium. And uh, Venus is a designer who is creating dongs dong designs for makers and folks who are producing toys uh george will be gathering questions i need to make sure i keep up with that because i've kind of got so many questions (laughs) yeah i've seen i keep seeing them go by but i'm like totally into the conversation and so i haven't been paying attention to anything else um (laughs) but uh we were just talking about some of your designs that uh are available this is one and then we've got the urchin tell me about that one yes oh i just really like sea urchin (laughs) i like how they look i like eating them um and i was like well because the yellow part of the urchin that you eat is the gonad so i was like that'd be kind of fun to incorporate into um this design and originally i wanted this like very subtle ribbed kind of texture that they have and then i ended up just adding texture on the whole shaft um yeah. If you, I think I'm most proud of the four samples. I think um, I just really like how things look on it. If you scroll down a little bit, yeah, yeah. I really, I and and the thing that I like doing, I just like texture. I just like putting, and this is true of my 2D art as well. I just like putting as much texture as I can onto a piece of work, just because it's fun, um, and also because um, like it's difficult to design simple things because. People notice things more when they're smooth. Um, if you have a very plain design, any sort of like bumps or in imperfections on the surface is like noticeable. It's and very unforgiving. It's difficult to make something visually simple. And I think the most simple design I've done so far is this one for Uberime. Uberime. It's mm-hmm. like this smooth, um, curvy, there we go sort of thing but this is about as simple as i've gotten and it's like i enjoy making them it just it's difficult it's also difficult to put a lot of creative input into this because i mean the simpler you get the more you have to um consider the functionality of it how people are going to use it not that i don't with the more complex designs but with the complex ones i get to play more with like motifs and and details and just the stuff stuff and things that make a particular sculpture unique now this one this one looks a little bit chonky oh yeah 
Um, I think that one, <laughs> I, I, fun fact about that one, I was up awake at maybe like 1 a.m. and I sat there going like, oh, I want to sculpt this so bad. The idea of this like oyster, um, like trans mask model just came up and I was like, ooh, well, I got to draw this. So I, I got out of bed and took out a piece of printer paper and scribbled it as a sketch. And the next next day I went and sculpted it. So uh, I'm very happy with that one. Okay. Uh, Bat asks, uh, do you or would you create a model for a shop or a person who commissioned you to? Or would it, do you think it would be too constricting to your creative freedom? It really depends. So I do have model commissions open. I have done a few commissions. Um, Happy Hole Toys, I have done quite a bit of work for them. They're awesome, they're amazing. Um, and uh, I think I have a few, so if you click on that tab, 3D model commissions, uh-huh. um, I, I have a few like tiers or like levels of, so Katia wasn't a commission, but I just showcased it for the process anyways. Um, I have, a process where it's like, I will sketch it first, I will draw it. Um, it, It'll involve more like time, but it's way easier to change things if it's a sketch first. Okay. And then it's like, I will translate it as best as I can to the model. Um, So there's the feedback level there. And and then there's a custom design from prompt if they want something a little more like, like if they don't have a completely um, solid vision of what they want yet or if the shop has a sketch and they want me to do it I was like yeah um, like for Happy Hole Toys when I was they commissioned me to do Sasquatch which is like one of my favorite ones it's great I love Sasquatch oh, um, bring it but, bigger there you go make, I, make, I made yes. it bigger <laughs> made it bigger there's Sasquatch and their guidelines for it were like well we want something humanoid we want something with a little bit of fantasy in it so there's like veins and ridges on it there's a like very slight swell. Um, you know, we want texture on the balls. We want and and they brought up Bad Dragon Echo as an example of this like slight humanoid fantasy thing that they were going for. So that was the type of commission from a prompt where it's like, so that allows me a little bit more. I guess it depends. I've been trying to rework the system because lately I've been finding it easier to fix things if it's still in the sketch mode. Um, so I can tweak it better to how a shop is happy with. So I may or may not in the future just eliminate the prompt-based one because I found that sometimes with the prompt-based one, I I will make something and the shop is like, well, we want this adjustment or we want this adjustment. And for me, a lot the longer a round of feedback goes, the more difficult it is because I tend to make sculpts like in on the get-go. Like, I will just go out of sculpt until it's done, um, or it's like in chunks, but it's like, it, and, and this goes for regular commissions too, um, and this is just my personal experience with commissions, but, um, and obviously since the shop is, is like paying for a commission, they deserve to have this level of like, you know, they're paying for it, they should get what they want and envision for it, so. It's not too big of a deal. Maybe in the future I'll, I'll provide like a, uh, I'll make two to three revisions and then after that it might be a little extra because it's just more work and time on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, I'm always happy. I'm always happy to do commissions for shops. I love doing it. 
That and means a lot to me that a shop would reach out. Like they like yeah. my designs enough to reach out to me to custom make something. I'm like, wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, um, I've got a couple of comments here from folks. I want to get through those real quick. Uh, Linda from PPS says, I love the 3D artists want a copy of their own designs cast in silicone. It's always fascinating to me what colors and patterns the artist pictures <laughs> and wants for their model. And then oh, yes. uh, Tibbs said, um, oh, there was a comment. I thought Tibbs had a comment. Nope. Uh, Shop Dad said, Venus has knocked it out of the park with all of the sea life sculpts, but when are we going to get more bugs? I'm working on a bug right now. <laughs> I have a work in progress that I posted on my Twitter of like a, a bee, like mouth with the tongue on it, um, because bees have fun tongues. And I guess it's like, I haven't seen too many bugs because it's our, the bugs that I've seen are grubs a lot of grubs people like that because it's like it's a fat sausage shape mm-hmm. it's pretty intuitive for a dog but um, yeah. i guess maybe it's the same reason why i don't see too many robots mainly because like mm-hmm. insects are segmented and those kind of segments are a little difficult to achieve in, in 3d mm. sculpting um, but i think i've been having good luck so far so when the sculpt is done i will definitely post it Okay. Um. <laughs> um, Frost asks, seeing a model go from digital to physical is magical. And the experience of holding your own designs in your own hands is a really wonderful one. It's uh, like unreal to me. And uh, I, I, I hold some of these and go, I sculpted this. This is crazy. Like, <laughs> what? Well, Frost followed up with, uh, do you have any sculpting or design goals? Are there any particular skills you want to improve? Hmm. I definitely want to try to make um, penetrables hmm. because I haven't done those yet and people enjoy those. And I'm like, um, well, I mentioned before that I don't know how to Boolean and ZBrush. And <laughs> okay. so far, all of the advice on ZBrush about Boolean is for the full version. So I go, well, yeah. either I'm going to have to find somebody who does can, who can Boolean on ZBrush Core or <laughs> screw around on Blender to see what happens. <laughs> so that's something I do want to do um, because then that just opens up the door for more concepts, more fun stuff. I think a good like medium between, you know, penetrable and like insertable or like grinders. Mm. Um, the newest, I, I finally did design the grinder and it is with um, gelatinous creations right now which is awesome. Very happy they picked that one up. Um, but there is a, definitely an influx of grinders in the, the like, at least in the design side right now. Um, mm-hmm. It's just like a new type of toy that a lot of people are getting into, which is awesome. Um, but it also sets up the challenge, and this goes for any sculpt, of like how to make a sculpt distinctive from what other people are doing. Especially mm-hmm. when I see people like Frost and Sion putting out awesome designs and I go, man, that's so cool. I want to make something like this, but I don't want to look like I'm copying them, obviously. <laughs> um, you know, and I, I guess, I mean, I feel bad for saying this, but it's almost like a competition. I'm sitting here going, ooh, how do I, <laughs> how do I outdo them? <laughs> not, not to, you know. Well, I but, mean, but it's, definitely... it's all in good fun. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely room there for for friendly competition, but it also drives us. It helps yes. us evolve. Yeah. 
Um, and was this the grinder that you were just talking about for gelatinous creations? Yep. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Now, um, I want to get back to my questions because there were a few. Um, and I'll remind everybody, if you do have questions, drop them in the chat. George will get them to me. A storyteller asks, do you plan on offering 3D printing as well after the model is sculpted? What do you mean? Like, I believe I'm what not- they're asking is about um, providing a 3D printed model. I see. I personally could not do it because I don't have a 3D printer. Okay. So that is not a service that I can provide. The most I can do on that front is, well, I sculpt something and I send it to somebody who has a 3D printer with STL or OBJ. Lately, a lot of shops have been um, getting masters from ShopDad. I was so, going to say. <laughs> uh, I think the other day, not to, not to you know, spill any secrets, but... I think ShopDad posted something not too long ago about sending masters off with fantasy groups. So there are some fun things coming their way soon. Yeah. um, You know, it's almost like there's this, it's almost, um, and this is going to be me getting philosophical here, but Hmm. it went from um, a community of individuals to a community of folks who support each other. Because like you said in the beginning, we were all making our own designs and all doing our own 3D printing and you know everything from start to finish. But now we've got folks like you and um, Scion and I think Frost is also uh, doing 3D modeling. Um, and then we've got folks like ShopDad, who is wonderful at producing um, 3D models. So, uh, I'm sorry, the, the 3D prints, I should say. Mm-hmm. And I so think it's, it's almost so cool. Yeah, and it's almost like we've got this community that's come together and we're all finding our lone little spots where we can help each other. Yeah. And it's it's nice to know that there's always resources out there for shops to go to, so it's like they don't have to do all these things themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's like if they can't, awesome, right? And if they can't, there's somebody to turn to. Um I think it's so interesting how I don't know, the community has evolved in the past year or so, because when I first started sculpting, it was just as far as I knew, anyways. Me, Frost, Oz sculpts, and then Sion comes along. And and over the year, I've seen so many new um, people sculpting for shops specifically, which is like, oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mm. you could become an in-house artist for a particular shop. I could. <laughs> I think. I feel like. I feel like that's sort of what's happening with Happy Hold Toys right now. Okay. I've, I've done, I think, three models that are out. Well, yeah, three models that are out for them right now. And another one that they've commissioned me to do that's still in the process of coming out. But mm-hmm. um, And the character artwork for that as well. Okay. Uh, ben asks, was there any particular design that took off more than the others that you've noticed? Or any particulars that stick out? Mm. That's a tough one. I never, I mean, I've never really know um, what design is going to be successful because, and, and obviously I can't just sculpt something with the mindset of, oh, this should t- definitely take off um, because, you know, sometimes they don't and I go, well, what am I going to do? I can't really do anything about it. And I might as well just be setting myself up for disappointment. I keep expecting that. Um, there's some designs where it's like I post it and they get snapped up immediately and go, 
okay, awesome. <laughs> or I have multiple shops asking me about the same um, design. I think uh, when I sculpted the turtle maw, does well, people love maws and people love detail. So I think uh, it's in the sold models tab and it's gone to made to wear, but that one did get quite a bit of attention. I had multiple people asking about stuff. I've noticed that people like detail, which is great for me because I love sculpting detail. So maybe it's just a product of, of sculpting what I love and people picking that sort of thing up. Um, there it yeah, is. that's the one. Yeah, Very happy with that one. Um, so there's that. Yeah. Uh, there's also... There's a model from, I have, this one has a very interesting story. I posted this guy up on Twitter once, and I personally really like it, um, but I don't think it got too much attention on Twitter, which I was like, okay, that's fine. But somebody reached out to me and was like, can I buy the, can I pay the fee for this model? And they weren't in a shop or anything like that. So I was like, okay. Um, but they're, essentially offering to pay the fee for a shop to pick it up and the shop could pick it up for free. And I was okay. like, Oh, that's very interesting. I've never had that offer before. So I told them, I was like, all right, I'll get back onto you. If I find a shop that would like to pick it up. So I contacted the makers discord. I was like, I have a very interesting <laughs> offer. Does anybody want this model like for free because somebody else is going to pay for it. And Luke Cape toys, it was so awesome, reached out to me and was like, yeah, I would love to take this. So we coordinated. It took a bit of back and forth between me and Luke Cave and the person who wanted to pay for it. And it, it all worked out. So, Gotcha. Um, yeah, that was a very interesting sort of experience. <laughs> well, here's a question from Tibbs um, yes. from Fantasy Grove. Uh, it's kind of in the same vein. Uh, what's your favorite model you've created? And are there any that have yet to sell that are a favorite and you hope will sell soon? Ooh, I need to scroll through my website for this. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's really difficult to, to say what my favorite sculpt is. I think in terms of soul designs, I would say, like, I enjoy the ones that I put a lot of time and effort into. Um, there's one particular one that I sold to Naughty Toy Box, um, Echo, which is like, they commissioned me to do this crazy octopus head. Like, the tentacles are the shaft, and the head is like, it's got texture, so it's like a little grinder sort of thing. Um, but I am really happy with that palette turned out. I didn't think I'd be able to pull it off, I did. Um, I really like this one, Oros. If you stop mm -hmm. right there, yeah, this twisty sort of one. It took me a little bit of finagling to to get it right, but um, and this one hasn't been picked up yet. Um, and yeah, I I'm very happy with how that one turned out. Um, I did sculpt like I didn't sculpt them two shafts. I sculpted one shaft and then just like started carving to okay. make it look like those two shafts. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Now this one is very different from your other <laughs> yes. that we've seen so far. This is very different. <laughs> yeah, I mostly go towards organic textures and organic inspiration, but I know that people like robots, so I think there was a <laughs> sketch page that I did full of Packer designs, um, and I sculpted a few of those Packer designs. Actually, I do have a few Packers here. 
This one is bad. Okay. I have to make sure it's in the camera. This one is yeah. fast for me to wear. Um, okay. First pack I've ever designed. And there's this one, which is like a tongues, teeth, and eyes Eldridge sort of mm. thing. Yeah. Um, this one is Amon from Wyvern's uh, Fault. Yes. And that one was done on the sketch page. But yeah, there was a bunch on there. And one of them, one of the more popular ones that people you know, gave attention to was the robot. And I was like, okay, I'll try <laughs> to sculpt this robot. <laughs> Um, very difficult because a lot of creases and sharp angles and I yeah. go, oh, it's got to be perfect and polished. Um, yeah. But I'm happy with that, how that one turned out. Um, Ishtar137, who was a guest on uh, a couple of weeks ago. It follows yeah. up in this same vein that we were just talking about. Uh, do you keep coming back to certain motifs, or once you recognize one, do you work with it to see where it goes to try new designs? Hmm. I think overall, I like aquatic. <laughs> I love mm-hmm. like marine sea life, sort of like because a lot of it, uh, a lot of sea life is like invertebrates. That's where I draw a lot of inspiration from. You know, okay. tentacles, slugs, etc. There's this metros, which is a scorpion. Um, is that but that one? I, yeah, yeah, that one's a scorpion. I forgot about that one. <laughs> <laughs> Bug adjacent, right? Um, but yeah, I um, I just really like taking inspiration. Like I like using textures and uh, visual motifs from animals and creatures and the like. And yeah, I, I like doing bumps and ridges too, but I've noticed uh-huh. a lot of them have that sort of like creases and stuff just to make it feel more like, you know, this is a part of a thing that could be alive right um so i like having that sort of aspect to make it feel like yeah this is this is part of a bigger thing right um i was just stopping on this one because this is actually interesting you've got this is a bundle of yes looks like a a squishy to go along with it yeah so i sculpted the squishy first and danny from women's vault was like it would be kind of cute if you did it with the tail only as like an insertable thing. It's like, that would be really cute, but it'd be weird if, cause it's like it's exact same tail essentially on like a bigger model. And I was like, well, it'd be kind of weird if one shot bought the squishy and another shot bought the tail. And I was like, yeah. well, you we can't separate them. So I, I do have it as a bundle if the shop wants to produce both. So where is that? Okay. Uh, let me get back to my questions here real quick. Because I want to make sure that I get to all of them. Um, Tibbs was asking, and by the way, we've got tons of folks in the chat. And I want to say thank you to everybody who has been throwing questions at us. Because um, it is, it's a way to make this conversation just so much more interesting. Because um, I've seen Bat, uh, Amber, Ben, Tibbs, Linda from PPS, Shop Dad, um, Frost, um, I mean, there's just been so many folks who've been throwing questions at us that this is just freaking awesome. Uh, Tibbs follows up with, do you enjoy doing the artwork along with the sculpts when that happens? Absolutely. <laughs> yes, I love doing it. Um, a lot of the sculpts that I do, not all of them, but some of them do have, like, if I'm sketching them on paper, I'll also sketch, like, a character design and go for it, like, just for fun. 
because um, I know not a lot of shops, I mean, not all of them do characters like Gelatinous Creations, which I have Pelagio and Inferno with. Both of those I sketched out character designs for just for the hypothetical, like, you know, if they wanted to do artwork for it. And those, I do offer those. I have it on my website, um, Character Design Commissions. And um, I like, I mean, that's another thing I love doing. I love character design. So um, I will work with them, a shop through the process of like, I'll sketch out a character for them and, you know, they'll give me feedback on it. And like, if you go to the character design commissions tab, I think that's where there is some of the artwork that I've done for shops. So mm -hmm. that one was for Neotori. So like the process is pretty much the same for all of these. I sketch out a character, they tell me what it looks like, and I get the design first down before I actually um, pose it. I go here, here's the pose. What do you want for the background, et cetera? And I've actually learned a lot for, because I don't usually, backgrounds are not my forte, um, <laughs> but doing these has like helped me practice um, how to do backgrounds essentially. I mean, I'm very happy with how they turned out. So um, there's also, it's just giving me more experience with doing yeah. more polished, uh, finished pieces, et cetera. I, I love I love doing if, if and and it doesn't have I don't have to be doing the artwork for the model which I offer it I go hey if you buy a model for me and you want the artwork please let me know um, but I am also happy to do like like for Neotori I didn't design the model but they they still wanted um, to get artwork done for it so I, it's like no problem for me gotcha um, shop dad is demanding to see the designs that you have been squirreling away, the secret designs. <laughs> I think I've posted them on Twitter. I think most designs that I do, I will at least post a work in progress of it on a Twitter. Um, so uh, I don't know where they are right now, but, and I didn't have them prepared with me today. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Did we lose, did we lose Venus? Oh no. Oh, I'm back. <laughs> Okay. okay. <laughs> um, you clicked on the wrong thing. Maybe. No, I don't think I clicked on anything. I think I just froze. Um, in any case, um, a lot of the designs that I had scrolled away from my own shop were designed before I actually did any sculpting in the first place. So I didn't have a grasp on what would work, what wouldn't work, what's difficult to sculpt. Um, and I think now if I were to redo them, I probably would, you know, adjust a whole bunch of things. Thank you for <laughs> comment on the mask. Great. Um, but like, yeah, I, I definitely do have designs that I go, well, this would fit with my shop concept if I had a shop. And it's difficult because sometimes when I sculpt something, I go, oh, this is really good. Do I want to keep it for myself or do I want to share it with the world? And I think right now my stance is, well, I'm always sculpting. I will probably eventually down the line sculpt something that I enjoy if I were to seriously open a shop. So I don't really have any qualms or regrets about letting designs go um, because, well, the chances that they do go to a loving owner are, you know, it's, I think it's better for that instead of just sitting around in my archives forever. <laughs> well, it sounds, like no you actually, it sounds like you actually have a 
um, what's the word I want to use here? A very good relationship with the shops. And it's, um, like you called it, a loving home. Uh, <laughs> well, I kind of have to, I mean, not, not to say that I don't, like, not to say that I'm obligated. I mean, yes, I, it's good to maintain a relationship with the shops because they're the ones who are going to own your model. Um, mm. They're the ones that, like, I, my online face is directly tied to these models because I'm the one who made them. I'm the one who put it out there and like I have my name attached to these. So it's, it's like, if I potentially got into some sort of conflict with a shop about something, it'd be very, very awkward for me <laughs> to have this model. It'd be awkward for everybody involved. Um, not to say that like, you know, Oh, if I didn't have this restriction, I'd totally like go ham on these. No. Um, but it, it's it's generally, I mean, it's good business and it's just yeah. good in general to, you know, be polite, be humble, et cetera, for, for these. Because these are essentially my clients, but in, in a sense, I feel like I looking, I'm looking up to them because they're the ones who's making it and mm. processing it, and et cetera. And they have so much more, um, I guess... Their, their name is more attached to the model, I should say, than mine is because they're the ones pouring it. They're shipping the products out. When people say, oh, I love this toy, they're talking about, oh, thank you for from the shop to for making this, right? Um, not to say that I, 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 I'm very happy for all the people who say they love my sculpts. I'm very flattered, incredibly um to say that some people are like wow i recognize i recognize that model from venus i'm like wow that's crazy i'm my own <laughs> brand people recognize this that's crazy even though in my head i'm like okay this is the shops now right mm -hmm. <laughs> they have it yes it's still my uh i designed it but it, it's their it's their model right they are yeah. the one who's putting it out there for their brand yeah um now amber had a question um which is very interesting in my mind. Um, how would you feel about multiple shops going in for a design for them all to produce? See, I don't know. Um, I've seen that idea from Frost. And I don't know if I could personally do something like that, mainly because a model is, most models are unique to their shops. Um, because, well, you know, generally the models are the ones making the designs and they produce it. So, or the shops are the ones designing the models. So they have their own, I mean, the brand of the shop is tied to their models, their pores, um, you know, their that whole entire aesthetic. So it's like, to me, um, especially because part of most of my design process is trying to make something that is distinct, something you could recognize. Um, mainly because if I sell it to a shop, people should be able to recognize this is that model from that shop. Um, if I, I, I think it's just, I suppose, counterintuitive to my personal process and, and what I get out of, um, you know, 3D modeling from shops is to have, like, if I have multiple shops owning it, I think it might make things a little bit more difficult, especially because when I was saying I have to maintain these like interpersonal relationships between these shops, you know, what if one shop has like a problem, right? And they own the model, 
And people might think, oh, this is that model from that shop, or is it from that shop? Or so there might be some confusion involved, and that's not something that I personally want to deal with. Right. So, and I don't think I've seen, I don't think I've really seen multiple shops owning the same model at once. Yeah. So, uh, what what came to my mind as you were talking about that was like a a holiday themed model. Let's just use Halloween as an example. And you had six different shops who are all doing this the same design and they're all coming at it from their own directions. I I think that could be interesting. I think that could be interesting. Although I know shops are already kind of doing that with horror inspiration prompts kind of thing where it's like horror party. That's what the name is. (laughs) Where multiple shops pour um, something based on the same inspiration image, which Mm. I think is so cool. I think you guys should do that more often. (laughs) Um, But uh, I guess... Because then after Halloween, then where does the model go? Like, do they still have it? Because mm-hmm. there is only so much I can do to to control how the model, what the model does yeah. after it's made. Because it's like, I send the shop a 3D model. They could, I don't know, send it to somebody else. And I would never know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would rather keep things as uh, concise for, for me to deal with as possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. Linda from PPS, that's Paladin Pleasure, who is going to be a guest on, I'll get to dates here in a minute, but said, uh, <laughs> Linda said, I think it's so important for shops to credit 3D artists for their sculpts. I personally want everyone to know who sculpted a design so the artist gets the credit they deserve. Yeah, Linda's pretty that's... awesome, isn't she? <laughs> Thanks, Linda. I think <laughs> most people have been pretty good about it. Um, I don't think I've run into any issues with writing credit yet. Um, at most, where it's like, Usually I tell a shop, hey, if you want, if you're making like, most shops will have a page and listing all their models, um, which is like, great. And then usually in, in a particular model's page, they'll have my name, you know, this was designed by so-and-so. Or it's like, if you have an Etsy sale or whatever on the sale page in the description, say, you know, this model was designed by Venus and then mm-hmm. link to my website. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have you done any official collabs like your name and the shop are equally on the banner of that creation? Hmm. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure how that's different from a shop commissioning me hmm. because if a shop or, say, Hey, want to collaborate? Yeah. Or like Linda was saying, making sure that the, the 3d artists get the, the credit that they deserve. Even if it's just in yeah. the product description. I see. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I'm not sure how that would be too different from mm-hmm. a shop commissioning me because they're the same level of feedback. If a if a shop wanted to, I mean, I, I guess it really depends on the level of engagement with it because if a shop like totally sketched something with full detail and was just like, just translate this to, please translate this to 3D, I could be like, yeah, sure. And that's like, a completely different process than a shop going, here's some ideas. I want you to interpret this idea. But yeah, I don't know. I've never done like an official collaboration, but if there's mm. any shops that would be interested in that sort of thing, then I'm all ears. Yeah. <laughs> so how long does it take you to go from concept to the final sculpt? I think it really depends. Like with the Oyster one, I came up with a sketch right there. Um, sometimes I will sit down with my sketchbook and just doodle a whole bunch of 
different designs, play around with textures, shapes, whatever. And sometimes I'll be like, well, I really like this thing from this sketch, let's sculpt it. Um, and then there's also, I think in the earlier, um, when I was first starting out, a lot of my process was, okay, let's go directly to the 3D program. Let's start, you know, screwing on with shapes and textures and see what comes out. And that's a lot, um, yeah, a lot of my early sculpts were, were like that. I find it's a little more difficult to do that nowadays because it's like, it's just easier to do it on a sketch. Because if I screw up on a 3D program, there's only so much I can do. Um, like, I think with the twist, uh, before when I was looking at the twisty model, it was originally, I was like, okay, I want it to have one shaft that splits into two shafts. That was my whole goal in mind. But, mm -hmm. you know, as I kept doing it, I was like, well, this doesn't really, this is not really working out. Um, I have to rework this. So I ended up going back to the drawing board, literally, <laughs> and sketching out quite a few. And I was like, you know, I really like this twisty one. That's way easier than, and, and something like this would require a lot of pre-planning beforehand. So I couldn't just improv it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I guess it depends. Like if I go into a, a sculpt with an idea in mind, oftentimes I might get too caught up on it. Um, but sometimes, but, but if I open up the program and just go, okay, let's just see what happens. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I might end up with something cool without any concept in mind. And then I attach a concept on it later and go, yeah, that works. That works out for me. Yeah. Uh, I will do this last call for questions from the audience. So if you do have any last minute questions, get them into the chat so that George can get those wrangled and to me. Um, I mentioned this a little bit ago, but we have uh, Linda from Paladin Pleasures coming on October 2nd. Um, and in between, from between now and then, we've got uh, Fergus Monster, who's coming on the 18th, a week from today. And again, that one is going to be a, an earlier show because of time zone differences. Kizu and Friends is coming on September 25th. And then Paladin Pleasures on October 2nd. And uh, then we get into October and we'll start, uh, we'll start getting some stuff scheduled. I've got, I've got some ideas. Who would you like me to bring on the show? I'll put you on the spot oh, here, Venus. Who would you like me to bring <laughs> on the show? Definitely. I, I don't know if they, what their schedule is or if they have the time, but I really would love to see Happy Old Boys on here. Hmm. Mainly because, well, I've worked with them. They're an awesome shop um, based in Seattle. And I have a few of their of their toys and their finish is awesome. And I just, I would love to hear them talk, honestly. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll make sure I get them into my list. Um, After Dark Creations. I'm not sure exactly what this question is, so you can approach it however you like. Uh, sure. You may have answered this, but would you do characters? Would I do characters as in like character designs? That's what I'm hearing, but you can take That's that as I'm you want. That's what I'm thinking too. Yeah. Um, unless, unless the question was like, do I sculpt people's characters? If the question was that, I think it would really depend on um, if somebody's like personal, like original character. I mean, to an extent, all shop characters are like, yeah, this is my original character. Mm -hmm. It just happens to be like, you know, marketed in, in a shop or whatever. Um, 
I think I have had, I mean, for 2D art, on the 2D art side anyways, I've had, you know, clients approach me going, hey, do, can you, like, design a dong for my character? And I'm like, yeah, dude, yeah, that is so fun. I love doing that. I'll give you, I will give you, like, a sketch page of, like, three or five different ones and you choose whatever. They're so fun to do. Um, <laughs> but in terms of, like, 3D modeling, uh, I guess it would be complicated, if, especially if it's, like, if somebody approached me to say, hey, can you sculpt my character and then put it on a shop to buy so I can, they can pick it up and buy it. It's like, well, there's a little bit more complicated stuff in, uh, involved there because yeah. I would have to coordinate with the shop saying, hey, this is somebody's like original character. And I, I think at that point, you would probably just want to hit up a shop that does like completely custom stuff. Like I think something Squishy does fully custom, like from a model to a pour. So I would not be the person to hit up for that kind of thing. Right. Uh, Storyteller asks, do you have any spooky designs planned for October? Do I have any spooky designs? Um, I don't have any in particular that I'm working on right now. I mean, I want to finish up the B-Maw, but there is something releasing very soon, hopefully, um, that it's in my Soul Metal tab. I'm not going to reveal it yet, but I... It, it's very appropriately fall autumn themed and I did the artwork for it as well. And I'm very happy with it. So please be on the lookout for something coming out soon. I'm not sure when, Tease. but it's soon. You're teasing us. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> and one final question from Linda from PPS. I noticed almost every model you sculpted has a name as someone who has trouble with naming. I wonder, do you come up with the names first or the sculpt first? Hmm. Definitely the sculptors. Um, usually whenever I sculpt something, and, and obviously the name is like, it's a placeholder. If the shop wants to change it, uh, it's fine. Totally fine. They can rebrand it to whatever they want. I mainly just put a name there just for a little more like cementing this model as a character or a personality or whatever. It just gives it an, a little extra edge to it. Um, a, a lot of the times if, if, like uh, right now, um, um, if you scroll back up to that orange one, that one's named Myria because I modeled it. I based it off of a centipede and centipedes and myriapods. So I was like, you know, a lot of the times my inspiration, after I sculpt something, I'll be like, okay, this was the inspiration. Let me go Google this <laughs> to see if there's any fun names, like scientific names that sound cool. Um, other ones are just like, oh, I'll just it just sounds cool. It's not related to the concept whatsoever, but it sounds cool. Uh-huh. So, like, Kara, this one, it's like a horn, like, and horns are made out of keratin. So I was like, oh, we'll gotcha. put it in there. And I, I, I like it as a little tidbit for people who enjoy, like, biology, just to be like, oh, this mm-hmm. was named directly after this. That's so cool. So it, it's, it's fun. It's not something that matters too much. But, um, yeah, the, definitely I sculpt it first and then I name it. And even yeah. with the sea urchin, I didn't even name that one. I was like, I don't know what to name this. <laughs> it's sea urchin for now. If a shop picks it up, they can name it whatever they want. <laughs> um, everything that I have been scrolling down so far um, on these, these are all designs that are available. And it looks like you've got like 20, 25 designs that are available. So um, if there's anything that catches anybody's eye they should probably jump on it. <laughs> it's a bit of a, sculpting is a bit of a trade-off. I mean, 
with with two D art commissions, it's like a demand base. So if somebody wants it, they'll just get me up. Um, yeah. With these, it's like, well, I have to come up with a thing on my own. I have to post it out in the world to see, and if somebody likes it, they'll pick it up. And if not, then well, I can't really do anything about it. So a lot of the times, it's like maybe every like fourth or fifth sculpt that I make will get sold. It really depends, but it's not like it's definitely not easy because I can never tell what people will like, what people will pick up. So it's like a gamble. Um, uh, and at the end of the day, I just sculpt what I like and hopefully people pick up that, you know, I put my passion into this and they'll pick it up. So, yeah. Um, there was one last question and it just scrolled by, uh, but, um, and let's see. I have thoughts on this, but I want to see what you say first, and we'll we'll kind of compare notes. Uh, forgive sure. me if this has been asked. Uh, who is this? Let me scroll back up to see who this is. This is Rose. Uh, forgive me if this has been asked, but do you ever plan on designing squish slash teeny teeny versions of these? I think that would be really fun. Um, I think if if because okay, I'm just thinking in my head. I'm thinking about Fantasy Grove. They have little teenies for all of their. Mm-hmm. Um, or most of their, their sculpts. So like if, and I guess it really depends on what the shop wants to do, because I know that if I sell a design to a shop, it's a little complicated because I can't really put a squishy out there that's tied to a shop's model, but I also can't really, I can't, I can't push a shop to be like, Hey, buy the squishy. <laughs> so I would have to work. It would probably be on a commission basis. Um, if they wanted a squishy, like they could have commissioned the world. So, mm. uh, I, although I know strange, like I know strange bedfellows commission mix from Monster Smash to do some of the character squishy sculpts, and those have been so cool. Um, but if 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 um, if there was a shop that specifically wanted a squishy to go with a model, they'd have to ask me. And I think selling a, a model and a squishy bundle is a little bit of a risk because hmm. well squishies take a lot more work than it yeah. seems because like i'm still making something fully detailed but it also has to look like a thing <laughs> and yeah. and it's not and it doesn't take as much silicone so it's like it's just this little thing but it still takes up so much time and yeah. i think i've noticed people sell squishies for less Mm-hmm. Obviously, because like if if I'm asking for a silicone copy, the squishy is not going to take that much, and so it's going to be more difficult for a shop to make that funding back up if they buy a squish. But a squish still takes a good amount of time, right? Maybe I even mean, more so than the models. So. Yeah, it sounds like um, you know the time amount that you would spend sculpting a squish and the time you would spend sculpting uh, a dong is about yes. the same. Yeah, and so it's a so, risk for me to sculpt a model and put a squishy at the same time because if a shop ends up not putting, uh, if a shop ends up not taking it, then it's like, well, now I have a squishy and and they would be obligated to buy a whole bundle mm-hmm. um, if they wanted to. So it's just a bigger leap for me and I guess not as productive for me to do. But in the future, I could probably do just standalone squishies see yeah. what happens i don't know who would buy them because <laughs> yeah. yeah it just depends yeah yeah uh, i don't know that the the time effort and money balances out 
Now, yeah. when I heard that question, I kind of focused on the teenies side. And oh, teenies. Yeah, that was part of it as well. And, you know, when I haven't bought a design from anybody, so I can't speak to this specifically, but mm-hmm. when you scale designs up and down, the proportions kind of get out of whack sometimes and you have to go back and <laughs> and adjust things in order to oh, I was you know, not you, aware of that well I mean if you scale something up um then like well I'll use one of my example one of my designs as an example all of mine have a three di- three inch base um mm. that are designed to go into a harness and if I were to just take that design and scale it up well, then that base now becomes four inches or five inches or six inches, yes. inches in diameter, which yes. isn't necessarily appropriate for a harness or a what strapper. have you. Yeah. Um, so if somebody had a, de- if somebody came to you with a, or they bought one of your designs and they wanted to make adjustments for different scales, is that, uh, is that something you would do, not do? Is that, because it starts playing with um, the proportions as well. Yeah, I think it depends because as far as I have experienced, there hasn't been any adjustments of designs like per size because most, I mean, I know you said you design specifically to fit a harness, but I know a lot of shops don't really do that or at least take it into consideration. I know I don't really take it into consideration. So um, I guess and, and that kind of goes back to to sculpting the sculpting design process itself because it's like I want to make something that should be relatively efficient. So I don't want to make the base too big or too small, or because um, sometimes I see bases that are too big, and I'm like, okay, that's going to be a lot of silicone, probably. Um, right. And when you scale something for, up, you know that yeah. base gets scaled up as well, and yes. that's a lot of silicone. Mm-hmm. Um, which then goes into affecting the price and things like that. Yeah. I think it really, um, I mean, if I were, I guess it's just not something I've thought about really. Okay. <laughs> it's not something that's crossed my mind, but I'm sure. And I should probably get into the habit of sculpting the base and the shaft separately because I just do it all in one shape. But if I did it separately, then I'd be able to easily adjust the base mm-hmm. um, to, to scale. But that's something that's something that I could probably keep a look out for in, right. in the case that a shop would want me to do it. So, okay. yeah. Um, I, we're running out of time, so I'm going to kind of speed around these last few questions. Uh, Linda <laughs> asks, do you prefer pre-made sculpts or commissions? Ooh. I think I enjoy, well, I enjoy the, like, sentiment when a shop goes out of the way to commission me. I very much enjoy it. But I think the rush of, I guess, people enjoying the designs that I put up by myself is really awesome because, I mean, this isn't my full-time job or anything. I don't rely on this for, like, you know, any income, I suppose. But it's just, like, I don't have to stress too much about making something to tailor somebody else's needs when I can just make something that I, I like, make something that, you know, I, cause doing commission work and doing personal work just feels totally different because well, commission work just feels more like work. I enjoy doing it, but it feels more like, because I I'm doing it for somebody else. I have this obligation, whereas doing my own personal work, I can do it on my own time. I can put as much 
effort or detail I want into it. So it's just more flexible for me to do pre-made designs. And I, I am so appreciative of every shop that comes by to pick up pre-made design because I go, wow, this shop liked it enough to add it to the repertoire. That's great. Um, what is playing in your studio playlist? What music are you listening to when you're? Oh my god, everything. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I I basically I mean I I know people. I've heard people say, no, that's insane. Why would you do that? But I pretty much put all of my liked songs on shuffle all the time. <laughs> so okay. I, I would like anything from video game soundtracks to like heavy metal to, I don't know, classic music, whatever. Any, yeah. Pretty much anything that I personally think sounds good, which is totally flexible within genres. I tend to like rock and jazz. That's like my forte. But okay. Anything goes. So there's, there's like... There's a band that I really, really enjoy called The Reign of Kindo, and they're kind of like a jazz rock fusion. They have really interesting rhythms and melodies, and I could go, I could ramble about them all day, but, <laughs> but in any case, it's like, yeah, I'll, I'll just listen to whatever comes on. Okay. That's just what happens. Yep. Now, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to frame this question. Uh, outside sure. of the genre that we're talking about, outside of the genre that you're working on, what artists yes. are inspiring for your work? What do you mean? Like outside of dog outside of the world of dogs. Of, uh, so, so like anything. Essentially. Yes. Anything besides dong making. Dongs. Yes. Oh, I don't know. That's like really difficult. And obviously I, there's some, I mean, a lot of my friends that I've made from like 2d fandom artwork, I owe so much to them. Um, but obviously, I'm not going to say any of it because it's like that's linked to my safer work side. And I'm not going to link it to. But definitely a lot of friends that I've made online um, from interacting on you know, Tumblr or Twitter or et cetera. So I, I do have a lot of inspiration. Yeah. Well, it did say or you did say earlier that you uh, take a lot from the aquatic designs. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Linda had one more question because she just can't stop. <laughs> Every, the last three questions have been the last question. <laughs> I know. Um, does the music ever influence the sculpt? I don't think so because my like the, the metal comes in and you start with all the jaggies. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think I've ever really mentally taken a note of something like that, but it's okay. like if a song's like three minutes, it's not gonna influence my my whole sculpt. So it's just yeah, it's just whatever comes on. Okay. And we will finally wrap up with this question. <laughs> I'm gonna put an end to it. We've been going for a good 90 minutes now, and I wanna I wanna let you get back to your evening. What does success look like for you? Ooh. I don't know. Like, I mean, I definitely feel a success when I sell a design. That's a that's a win for me. Um, yeah. Because, you know, there's still that tension of like, oh, is my design good enough? Do people like it? Right. Um, and obviously, just because somebody didn't pick it up doesn't mean it's not a good sculpt. So I have to keep that in mind. Um, and I think a success also is when I successfully execute something that I've had in my head. And I want this idea down and I sculpt it and I finish it and I go, wow, I did it. This looks great. So there's that personal accomplishment and I'm not too hung up. I'm not super hung up about whether it gets sold or not. That's like, 
I mean, yes, it's the whole point of why I sculpt for shops, but it's not like the deal breaker. So, okay. Well, with that, I'm going to do a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, why don't you take a moment and say goodnight to everybody, and then I will uh, come back with you. <laughs> I'll catch up with you in just a couple of minutes. Yes. Well, thank you, everybody, for showing up. I, I'm so enamored that everybody is like, you know, I, these are all people that I've talked to or worked with, and I'm so glad. I'm really glad that this community has come together. It's been such an awesome, awesome conversation, including everybody in, yeah. the, in this. So, and I, I'm right. hoping that there's more designers that come up because I would love to hear about them. Yeah. Because <laughs> as yeah. far as I know, I think I might be the first um, designer to pop up on this stream. So you are myself on the forefront here. Yeah. Um, you are the first designer that I have had on. So um, congratulations. <laughs> all right well, well hang out you. for a minute and uh, i'll come back and and we'll wrap up bye okay everybody that is venus from wormhole design was that did i say that correctly because i i think i messed that up. wormhole emporium i did mess it up uh that is venus a wonderful designer and somebody i've been looking forward to um getting to know a little bit better i'm just always curious you know how that brain works and coming up with designs i know how mine works but i'm always curious how it works for others now next week we have fergus monster uh coming up on the 18th again that is going to be an earlier show that's going to be i think three o'clock central time i think it's a uh, nine o'clock gmt I, there's some time zone stuff there i'll make sure that it gets announced correctly Following that, uh, we have Kizu and Friends on the 25th. Uh, Linda from Paladin Pleasure Products. Uh, we have on October 2nd, Rainbow Brilliant is coming up. And Phalophile uh, is coming up as well. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll do this again next week at a different time. Bye. Bye.